0: Hi, everyone. Just a reminder that this show is not legal advice, trading advice, financial advice or personal advice. Enjoy the show. And thank you very much. Yo yo, welcome to Crypto 101, the average consumer's guide to cryptocurrency. This is Matthew Aaron, and I am happy to welcome back the CEO and founder of Happy Tax and CryptoTaxPrep.com, Mr. Mario Costanz. And if you remember, last year Mario and I made a Crypto Taxes 101 episode that tells everything about crypto taxes. So if you missed that episode, please go down to the description. Link is right there. And if you don't have time to re-listen to that episode, don't worry about it we took all of the important information and put it into this episode so when you hear a swish that means we're going back in time to 2017 to talk about crypto taxes 101 and when you hear the swish again we're back in 2018 to talk to mario about what he learned from 2017 and how you can save more money in 2018 from this newly learned information and after listening to this episode if you have any questions for mario or myself Please go to our Facebook group. You can get there by going to crypto101podcast.com. Find our social media icons Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Click the Facebook one, come to the group, ask those questions. Mario is in there, and I bet you he'll be happy to direct you in the right place. And if you don't want to go there, you can send an email. Go to the contact button at the top of the Crypto101 website and send an email directly. I'll make sure Mario gets it. Also, please do us a favor go to iTunes, rate us, leave us five stars and a good comment. It helps us stay visible so that everybody can find Crypto101. And lastly, Think about becoming a patron. Patrons, if you have not claimed your book, Crypto 101's Johnny's Guide to Cryptocurrency, please go to the Patreon page and follow the instructions. Oh, PS, pick up Crypto 101's Johnny's Guide to Cryptocurrency. For Christmas, you can still order it and get it in time. Now, without further ado, here is Mr. Mario Costanz talking about your taxes. Mario Costanz, Crypto Tax Prep by Happy Tax. Welcome back to Crypto 101, sir.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Mario, last time we were on, we did a 101 on crypto taxes, but a lot has changed over the past year. We have new tax laws put out by the Trump administration. We have a year of experience from you guys of filing people's taxes, and your business has blown up. So I need to catch up with you. I need to know what's been going on. And Mario, before we get into it, just tell everybody a little bit about yourself.
1: Good thing. So I've uh, been a lifelong entrepreneur past 20 years or so. I've had everything from restaurants to internet companies. But the last 17 years, I've been in the income tax preparation business, kind of worked my way up from being a tax preparer, owning an independent tax office. I became a franchisee for another brand for a handful of years. After I scaled that, from one office to 99 offices and sold that back to the franchise, or I started my own franchise brand called Happy Tax, which is a very tech forward company that separates the process of doing the taxes from gathering the information. So we've created like an assembly line process and it's going really well. And because we were building our own technology and were at the forefront of our industry, Back in 2016, when I started to hear a lot about blockchain, and actually it happened by accident. I was watching a Netflix documentary on Bitcoin, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. It's going to change the world. I really believe in it. I actually filed a patent for utilizing blockchains for tax preparation, but actually ends up covering a little bit more than just tax preparation. It covers reconciling and reporting any transaction on a blockchain. That patent was actually just issued and approved last month. Real excited about that. Oh, right now. Congratulations, man. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that. So we're looking forward to now building that software that we have the intellectual property covered. But that's where I kind of piqued my interest in blockchain. I heard about it back when Satoshi first came out with it, but I was still in real estate back then and it really wasn't on my radar. But 2016 was a little early for many people, but because that patent was submitted and our business was growing so much, I really kind of stepped away for it for about a year. In 2017, I started to see the growing numbers of people getting involved. In crypto and blockchain i started to see the prices climbing significantly as we all did and i kind of had a light bulb moment and you know knew that the irs had deemed crypto as property for the purposes of taxation and knew that all these new traders and all these new entrepreneurs were going to need services for getting those transactions into their tax return because it's not inherent it's not as easy as if you're trading stocks as many of you have possibly experienced, to get that data into a tax return. So we built out a division of our company called Crypto Tax Prep, and it has been really amazing for us. So we put that together towards the middle and end of 2017 and rolled it out this past tax season and have helped a significant number of traders to stay out of trouble, to minimize their taxes, to save money, and to have peace of mind. It is somewhat cumbersome process. In fact, we've had to build a team of bookkeepers that all they do is crypto reconciliations all day and all night. And that's prior to even getting a tax return done. And then there's all the intricacies that go along because of how new the technology is and how many outlier-type scenarios that come about in crypto, like you know airdrops and hard forks and stuff like that that doesn't exist in the rest of the financial world. So this division has kind of already become the industry leader in one year alone for helping people with their crypto taxes. And in fact, we also launched another new division called Crypto Tax Academy, where we're helping other tax practitioners to learn how to do this type of work. We actually became a little frustrated when, you know, they were coming to us during the season two saying, hey, can you help us how to do it? And they're like, well, we learned how to do it. We had to figure it out ourselves. So unfortunately, we're too busy to help you. But we committed to building out that platform and that portal is now also helping. I mean, there's millions of tax returns, more than enough to go around for everybody. We want to still remain in number one <laughs> position, no doubt. But it doesn't mean that we can't help others as well. So that's really kind of who I am, what I'm doing. I love crypto. I still believe that it is changing the world and, and the power of blockchains. Distributed ledgers, how they eliminate middlemen, create efficiencies, and will continue to power the transactions of the world for decades to come.
0: I like how you said "still" because everybody's looking at the price, going "shit, are we are we going tits up over here?" Or yeah, <laughs> I still believe. So last year you started the crypto tax prep division, and now you are. Where are you? What was that journey? And can you just tell us about maybe a little bit about the inner workings of the business, the operations, how you scaled? Did you have to scale? What's up?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, so I'm a big thinker and I am a big doer. So we built it for scale from day one. We didn't say, hey, I'm going to hire a CPA and have, you know, do some tax returns. We knew. Because I was intertwined with blockchain space and attending conferences in 2017 as this kind of froth was starting, I knew that we had to go big with it. So we had over 100 accountants, CPAs, and enrolled agents in our tax department last year. They didn't all work on crypto returns. They worked on our franchise side of our business as well. And it was a mission, putting that together. I mean, it was, you know, we were still hiring in the season. We had so much demand for the services that, you know, normally you kind of in the tax business, you get ready before the season, you hire your people, you train them, and then you have your tax season. With us this year, because of how successful this was for us, we were hiring in February, March, and even April, looking for people to, you know, help out. And In fact, a lot of crypto traders decided they wanted to go on extensions Mm -hmm. instead of, you know, filing by April, they filed by October. So we were even, you know, bringing people on after that. And you know, what we did is we built processes, systems, and technology to facilitate a fully assisted service. We're not a do-it-yourself software where someone can go in and try to do this themselves. Nor should people, for two reasons. Number one, most people are not accountants and bookkeepers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? That's just getting the data ready, and that's what, the skill set that you need to do that. And number two. Most people are not CPAs and have no idea what goes on in the 70,000 pages of tax code that are <laughs> part of doing taxes correctly. Now, every page of that is not relevant to every person. Right. But at the same time, a lot of it is. And there's a lot of potential for penalties and interest. So we've put this together so that we can service a lot of people. We did service a lot of people. And we look forward to continuing to grow that. And even though the prices are down this year, all indications show that more people are on Coinbase, as an example. There was about 12 or 13 million people that had Coinbase accounts at the end of 2017. There's now 25 million. So it's doubled the amount of people that are actually owning crypto, even with prices being down.
0: And unfortunately,
1: many people are not including it on their return.
0: With getting your tax returns done, I want to go back to our previous episode released in February, talking about the whole gambit about crypto taxes 101. We're going to follow this guy named Johnny, and he's going to put in $20,000 into Coinbase and buy some Bitcoin. And we're going to follow Johnny around the journey of buying Bitcoin, going to Bitrex, buying some altcoins, transferring it to maybe Binance, coming back, getting the Bitcoin cash split hard fork. He invested into an ICO as well. And then he's going to take some gains at the end of the year, and we're going to go through that journey and see the stops along the way. Is that okay? That's awesome. You mentioned a 1099K. I also heard a 1099B and something that somebody said is a Schedule D. What are the differences between those two, or do those others even exist?
1: Yeah, they do exist. Uh, They're different things. And as I mentioned, it's generally for merchants, which was weird that that's what Coinbase is doing. I think I know why they're doing it because they just want to send the total amount of trades and they don't want to have to get into reporting the specific trades. But a 1099B is what's used in stock trades generally. So if someone puts money, for instance, in TD Ameritrade and they start buying and selling stocks there, they get a 1099B at the end of the year that details every stock transaction that they did the buy price and what date they bought it on, the sell price and what date they sold it on, and then any transactional costs associated. Then when you receive that, if you trade in stocks, that does end up going on your Schedule D. That's essentially your capital gain statement
0: on your tax return. Okay, so just to clarify, the process is going to be Coinbase is sending a 1099-K. You're going to fill out a 1099-B that turns into a Schedule D? Is that what you're saying? You were close. <laughs> <laughs> so Johnny is now moving over to Bittrex, and he has just moved his $10,000 of Bitcoin from Coinbase to Bittrex to purchase another coin. Is that a taxable event?
1: So here's the, here's the thing. It's actually not. But if you ever used Coinbase's reports, they would show it as a taxable event because they have Ooh. no way of knowing that you're sending it to your wallet.
0: So, Johnny then is in Bittrex and now he buys another coin. Let's just say he buys Litecoin in Bittrex. That is a taxable event.
1: That is correct, yes.
0: How does that work, sir?
1: So, in this scenario, he started with 20,000. He only moved 10,000 to Bittrex. So, his buy price on that is Mm $10,000. And then that was sold in return for the Litecoin. So, whatever the Bitcoin was worth in US dollars at the time of that transaction, is what that first capital gain or loss would be. So for instance, if that is now worth $15,000, he would need to pay capital gains on $5,000. Or if it was worth only $5,000, he would have a capital loss of $5,000.
0: Isn't this a like-kind trade?
1: Like-kind exchange is generally used for real estate. Now, it could be used for any type of property generally. You can't use this for your personal real estate where you live. You have a piece of property that you bought for $500,000. And then, wow, you know, 10 years later, it appreciates, and you want to buy a bigger piece of investment property. So now let's just say to use round numbers and make things sound easy, this house that you bought 10 years ago is worth a million dollars. You have a $500,000 gain. You haven't realized that gain yet because you haven't sold it. But right. you say, hey, if I sell this, I'm going to get hit with capital gains on $500,000. So I don't want to do that. Wait, I heard about this thing called 1031 Exchange. So I can actually swap this real estate for another piece of property so long as its it's cost is more than the sales price of Mm. that first property. So let's just say, for example, I find another property that's worth $1.5 million that I can buy, and it's a 10-family house. So you can sell one, buy the other, and defer the capital gains. So that's generally how 1031 exchanges or like-kind exchanges work. Now it also could be used for other property, it could be used for boats, it could be used for certain things that are like-kind. The IRS is kind of looking at crypto as the same way it looks at stocks, and you can't use 1031 exchanges when you trade stocks. You can't sell Apple for Microsoft and defer the gains in that case. You also can't use it for trading commodities. So if you sold gold for silver, you can't use a 1031 exchange. And the components of what crypto is, is more similar to, to that.
0: Can we briefly define property? We keep going around this term, cryptocurrency is property.
1: Sure. I mean, so the IRS in 2014 put out this guidance stating that crypto is property for purposes of taxation. I know we're talking about a scenario of a typical trader that's moving money from you know one exchange to another and actually looking to trade, but let's just say you... Use that Bitcoin to buy a cup of coffee. That's Guess exactly what? my next question. That's a capital transaction and needs to be included in your tax returns.
0: Johnny now has 10000 in Litecoin and 10000 in Bitcoin. He's sitting in Bitrex. He has a couple of other things that's happening. First, Bitcoin Cash came and he just had a hard fork. And now he has Bitcoin in Bitcoin Cash. The amount is different. Let's just say it's about $1,000 in Bitcoin Cash. What happens there?
1: At the point of the fork, nothing happens. You can think of it kind of like a a stock split. So in that scenario, you receive Bitcoin cash just for having Bitcoin, and you're going to go and sell that Bitcoin cash at some point in the future. When you do that is when you will then have to pay taxes on that Bitcoin cash. And, well, you know, how do you do that, right? Because you got it for zero. Well, guess what? There's a couple of different ways you can. You can try to split the basis of the Bitcoin that uh, forked and apply some of it towards the Bitcoin cash. The reality is, is that we're valuing the Bitcoin cash's basis at zero and then the sales price at whatever you sold it for.
0: You know, so Johnny's over there on Bittrex and he sent $1,000 over to Binance to buy some Neo Gas. And now he has this other thing that's going on. He has three wallets. All of them generate interest on his purchase and throughout this time, he's collecting five, seven, eight percent interest on his staking these coins. What happens there?
1: That needs to be reconciled, accounted for. Uh, however much interest he's receiving along the way, at the end of the year, gets totaled up and it gets reported on his interest line on his 1040.
0: All right. So now Johnny's moving this money around. Still, about six months have passed he's like, well, I want to cash out my initial investment because everything went out. I can take my $20,000 out right now by selling a couple of these coins, and I've got my 20000 back. What does that mean for him filing at the end of the year?
1: You know, we've talked all along about you know capital gains, but we haven't specified the differences. So short-term capital gains is anything that you only owned for under one year. Long-term capital gains is anything you've owned for longer than one year. Okay. And the core difference is the tax rates. Mm. So short-term capital gains are taxed whatever tax bracket that you happen to be in based off of your total income, which is inclusive of your wages if you work a job, if you own a business, if you have any other investments, if you have dividends, everything that flows into your tax return generally plus these crypto gains. So those tax rates range from 0% for people that make low income to 39.6% for 2017. Now, long-term capital gains are taxed at a lower rate. They are taxed at anywhere from 0% to 20%. So you definitely have some benefit there for holding coins longer before you sell.
0: What if Johnny is an expat and he's living abroad? How does that work for his short-term gains?
1: The U.S. requires that all U.S. citizens pay taxes On their worldwide income, whether or not they're living in the US or not. They also require that all US residents, even if you're not a citizen, if you're here, pay taxes on your US income as well. So that expat, Johnny, is going to pay the same amount as he would as if he was here.
0: What if Johnny's a student?
1: Students don't have any special exemptions. In many cases, they'll get credits for education. In many cases, they're claimed by their parents still because their parents might be footing the bill. Sometimes they're not, but there's no special exemptions for students not paying taxes on the income or gains.
0: Johnny also went into an ICO. He bought tokens. There were maybe, let's say, 100,000 tokens for one Ethereum. They came out after the ICO, got dropped into his my Ethereum wallet, and now they're valued at 10 times that. What happens with ICO tokens, is that just like the same thing as buying a currency, a cryptocurrency on Bitrex, and those gains are still the amount of gains as anything else?
1: A couple things to just make points on. The date of the quote unquote buy, which is what's determinant for these capital gains transactions, is the date that he received them. So if it was a couple of months later that he hadn't received them, that's the date that starts to kind of clock ticking on long term and short term for that example. Okay. Uh, but if he put $1,000 into the ICO and by the time he got the coins, it was worth $10,000, he doesn't pay nothing until he sells it.
0: What if he gifts it to somebody? What if he has that 10,000 and he takes those ICO tokens that he had and he sent it to his brother and says, here's some ICO tokens.
1: Yeah. That is allowable for IRS purposes, but here's what happens. Mm-hmm. The basis transfers. You give it to someone and you don't pay taxes on that and they don't pay taxes on that when you gave it to them. Okay. But when that other person sells it, it is not how much it was worth when you gave it to him. It was what it was purchased for by you.
0: It's not like that with money though, is it? Grandpa has yourself a little trust and he gives you you know, X amount of dollars every year into that trust.
1: Oh, no. Well, the situation there is that money is not property. When you're gifting property, it's different than than gifting actual money. So in that scenario, it would be an out and out
0: gift. What is first in and first out and last in first out?
1: Great question. So let's just say you bought one Bitcoin. And when you bought the first Bitcoin, it was worth Mm $10,000. And then you bought a second Bitcoin and that second Bitcoin prices has rose to $15,000 by the time you bought that second Bitcoin. And then you, you're gonna go ahead and sell a Bitcoin at $20,000, but you're only selling one. FIFO, first in, first out, would say the first one you bought is the one that you're selling when you sell.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: First in, first out. Right. LIFO is last in, last out. So that would be the Bitcoin that you bought at 15000 Now, in this scenario, it would be beneficial to you to use LIFO, less than LIFO, first out, because you only have a $5,000 gain right. on that one, whereas the first one you bought, you'd have a $10,000 gain.
0: Right. How are we taxed on mine coins? Can we write off the cost of our rigs use, the electric bill, depreciation?
1: Yeah, so mining is taxed on what's called a Schedule C for self-employment. So you're going to show the value of the coins that you received when you received them. It's going to be totaled up, and it's going to be put in the revenue section of schedule c it's like a small business return within your tax return now then you're able to deduct expenses you can deduct things for power you can deduct depreciation on the actual equipment that you purchase Uh, so you're going to get to write off any legitimate expense of that mining business against it so you're only going to pay taxes on what's left after deducting those expenses
0: could government track and tax me for capital gains on exchanges outside of my country, Binance, for example, Cryptopia?
1: The answer is yes. There's something called FBAR. And FBAR says that if you have more than $10,000 in any foreign institution, you're required to have a reporting on your tax return that shows what company you have the money with and how much. Now, if you don't do that and you're caught to not have disclosed that, The penalties range at a minimum of $10,000 per instance up to over $100,000 per instance for willfully not disclosing it.
0: Hey everyone, I just want to take a break, pop in and say Happy Holidays to everyone and to remind you that you can pick up Crypto 101's Johnny's Guide to Cryptocurrency for Christmas. Crypto 101's Johnny's Guide to Cryptocurrency is basically a Socratic way to learn cryptocurrency and blockchain. It follows Johnny on a journey and a story that can let you learn about the market's ups, the downs, the FOMO, the FUD and all the different tech in the blockchain space. So if you want to give somebody the gift of blockchain and cryptocurrency, pick up Crypto 101's Chinese Guide to Cryptocurrency on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or iTunes. And again, happy holidays from the Crypto 101 family. Now, back to the show. So Mario, I used your service last year, and thank you very much for giving me a complimentary service to Happy Tax and Crypto Tax Prep. Thank you very much for that. And... Just to let everybody know, and this is not a show, I just want everybody to know the process. What we went to is first a website. It was like Bitcoin something, and then I put in all the APIs or all of the files from all of the exchanges that I was on, and it all went to this one website, and you guys combed through the data for me and basically matched up my trades to see how much I would owe in taxes. Can you just explain that process briefly? Sure thing.
1: So, you know, you have to pull the data from all the various exchanges that you're on into what we call a reconciliation tool. There's a number of tools. Back when you got started with us, that was one of the core tools we use. We've actually started to use a number of other tools that have some better features or better usability in many cases, but it's essentially combining the data into one place and then cleaning it up. And those missing cost bases or ICO buys. Those things will not by default be in a data poll. The data pull is either via an API, like you mentioned, or an export to a CSV that is then put into one of these tools. This is where we get the data ready for the tax return because it's not kind of a button that you can press to reconcile all it and then push it into the tax return. Is kind of a, a unique step to crypto traders that has to happen before getting a tax return done.
0: Right on, man. What has changed over the past year in tax law that people should look out for, people should know that they're gonna benefit from, or people should know is a big warning?
1: Well, not much has changed as it pertains specifically to
0: crypto. There was
1: tax reform law passed that started effective January 1, 2018. It changed a number of things. It it just about doubled the standard deduction. It created a new 199A deduction for small businesses and middle-sized businesses, had significant corporate tax rate cuts. It's a, a gigantic set of changes that pretty much affects every single taxpayer, individuals, businesses, small, large, in various different ways pertaining to crypto, it doesn't necessarily change anything, except that in some cases, the rates are lower that are paid. That said, there are a number of ways outside of that tax law to minimize the tax liability, both retroactively in a year like 2017, where a lot of people had a lot of gains. As I mentioned, some have not yet been reported, but should be, because the sooner you get ahead of that, the better you're not going to get hit with massive penalties and interest that could equal, you know, the, the entire amount, like doubling if it happens three years from now. You know, those penalties and they continue true until you get caught. So there's things that can be done. As an example, we use some specific accounting methods. Uh, we actually saved our clients over twenty million dollars this tax season alone by using those innovative accounting methods that select the proper tax lots to minimize the tax liability. So things like that could be done. And then in a year like 2018, where we have a significant drop in the values, going from an $850 billion market cap, I think I looked a couple days ago, it's under $150 billion right now. Mm -hmm. Which, put it in perspective, January 1, 2017, it was only 15 billion. So it's still up significantly for those that were in back then. Right. Uh, but I understand the pain that many are feeling that got in, you know, mid or late 2017 and have lost some money. That said, there is an equalizer. And the equalizer is a way to lock in those losses for tax purposes to offset future gains. And even if you don't have future gains, you can use those locked-in losses to offset other income. So it's something that is called a wash sale. We call it internally tax-loss harvesting. And it's something that has to be done before the end of the year. So there's strategies, both in the up year and in the down year, that many tax advisors don't know. Many are not that intricately involved in the space to understand how these apply to crypto and why they're so important for crypto traders that can be implemented even outside of the tax law changes that don't specifically and directly relate to how the capital gains and losses of crypto traders are being impacted.
0: Excellent. Excellent. So talking about that wash sale again, how do you claim your losses and when do those losses count? Okay, so say you're holding... Uh, let's just say a Bitcoin in, in Coinbase. Let's just say you got it sent there from your grandmother because grandma <laughs> slinging Bitcoin, right? And she gives you the Bitcoin when it's $20,000, but now it's three. So are you just still hodling? Do you have to claim that? How does that work?
1: Yeah, you can't just hodl. It's not going to work that way. Essentially, well, let me give you the background on what a wash sale is first. So a wash sale is actually something that came about on the stock side of things years ago, when there was down markets, stock traders were saying, hey, I can sell these positions that I have and then rebuy them, hence lock in those losses, and I won't have to pay taxes on future gains. The IRS didn't like that. So they created something called a wash sale rule. And the wash sale rule says that if you sell something that has a loss, and you rebuy that same position within 30 days, you cannot take that loss. So that's not a great thing for stock traders. The great thing for crypto traders is they wrote those regulations specifically to stocks. Right. So they don't specifically apply to crypto. Now, this is something that could change in the future. We don't feel that when they change something like that, it would go retroactively because it's not like, the 2014 notice where they kind of said, hey, this is this, it would be something moving forward. So what crypto traders can do is they can take their down positions, they can sell them and then rebuy them almost immediately. Hmm. We don't necessarily recommend you do it like five seconds later. But if you have a little time, a day or two days, rebuy. We also recommend you don't buy the exact same amount, change a little bit just to kind of you know cloud everything in a legitimate way. I'm not saying cloud to do anything that's wrong because again there's no tax law that says you can't do this, but there's no reason to kind of do the same exact amount. And then what happens is let's say that use that one bitcoin as example. The cost basis there is $20,000 and bitcoin is let's say $3,000. They sell that bitcoin they now have a $17,000 tax loss. They can go and rebuy it. Maybe, you know, most people listening to this podcast, I would think, are still believers, or I would hope are still believers in crypto and that the market will come back. Which coins will come back? I think none of us know. <laughs> or right. when they'll come back, <laughs> none of us will know. And if we did, we might not be here. We might be on an island somewhere <laughs> just chilling. But that $17,000 tax loss can be used in a handful of different ways. So, let's say in this same tax year, so we, we got you got to get this done before the end of the year. It has to happen inside of the tax year. So inside of two thousand and eighteen, let's say you traded some stocks or you traded sold some real estate and you had some capital gains there. That seventeen thousand dollars can offset those other gains, hence giving you a tax savings of about thirty percent on average, depending on the tax bracket, depending on other other factors, but just to kind of use round numbers. Uh, You get back, ballpark, 30 cents and a dollar. Could be 40, could be 50, could be 15, but Mm -hmm. just to use a round number. So if you had those other gains, it offsets that right off the bat. If you don't have other gains, let's now take that same scenario and say this other person only traded crypto. This is the only trade they had. And I know that that's not common. Most of our traders have had dozens, hundreds, thousands of trades. In fact, we actually had some bot traders, one of which had uh, like 270,000 trades in 2017.
0: That must have been a lot of work.
1: It was fun. <laughs> um, so that $17,000 loss carries forward to next year. So now let's say next year, 2019, the market comes back, right? And now we've got gains happening like we had in 2017. And now you go and you you made 50 grand in 2019 in gains. Well, the first 17,000 of that, you will not pay taxes on. So you're, again, saving yourself 30 cents in the dollar. And all you did was sell it and rebuy it. hmm and if you don't sell it and rebuy it, then you don't get that benefit. Now, let's just say a third scenario. Let's say next year, really nothing happens. Bitcoin stays at $3,000 and there's no other trades. You cannot take that entire $17,000 off your other income. But maybe you have a job. Maybe you're making you know, $50,000 a year at a job or $100,000 or whatever you're making. And the $17,000, only $3,000 of it per year can be used to offset other income. So in that scenario, you made $50,000. Your first $3,000 becomes not taxable. So it's like you're getting $0.30 and a dollar back on $3,000. And that's
0: including your your already standard deductions.
1: Correct. That's on top of. That's an above-the-line deduction. So that comes before those deductions all come into play. And then what happens is the remaining $14,000 carries forward to the next year. And again, the first scenario comes back into play. If there's other gains, it wipes them out completely. So you can use those tax losses to completely offset any other capital gains or you can use up to 3,000 of it to offset any other types of income and carry forward the rest. So now for traders that have a lot of trades and you know believe it or not we have clients, And we have prospective clients that are still making money in this market because, you know, there's shorts, there's other types of scenarios that people are making money on. There's other kind of movements or bots or algorithms that people are making money on. So depending on the scenario, most people don't just have one Bitcoin or are making one trade. There are specific lots that you should implement tax loss harvesting on and others that you shouldn't, like you may sell the wrong coin or the wrong percentage of a coin and not maximize that so what we do is we run algorithms against the trades and we spit back a report with exactly what to sell to maximize that and exactly what type of tax savings you'll have as a result of that but this is a very very powerful strategy anyone that's in crypto should be undertaking it and if you want our assistance we clearly would love to be able to help you with that as well
0: right on man What are some horror stories from last year? Who are some people that came with their taxes or done some things or – I'm not really even sure how to even phrase this question because I don't know the, you know, infinite amount of possibilities that you had to deal with last year. But what are some things that you did deal with last year to maybe learn from experience for for this year for other people that are going to file their taxes?
1: Yeah, I mean, we had a lot of interesting stories. (laughs) Unfortunately, we had a handful of clients, maybe more than a handful, unfortunately, that kind of got caught up in things like BitConnect and got wiped out from scams or hacks. And you know, you can't just go and say that you were hacked and think you can kind of get off of paying taxes. There are a whole set of rules that go along with that. And you only, for 2017, get to deduct certain portions of it. And you have to have it prepared a certain way. And you have to be able to prove it. So you know, I know that there was some kind of common, whether they were jokes or not, people on certain message boards saying, "Oh, I'm just going to say that you know, I got hacked, that I lost my keys or my you know, etc." It's not a viable tax strategy. It's something that can get you in a lot of hot water. But in terms of scenarios other than those that got scammed or hacked, you know, there was a lot of people that made a lot of money, and even by the time many of them were filing in April, you know, the markets had started correcting. Some people had already lost more than they owed in taxes, very unfortunate. There are ways to mitigate that and to kind of either do offers and compromise or payment plans, and we helped a large number of clients to be compliant, but also not feel like they're wiped out or their life is ruined as a result of it. But a lot of the challenges that we had was people not even keeping track of what exchanges or wallets they had or were on. And having to do those reconciliations and having big holes I mean, like, all right, well, you said you had four exchanges and we've got all that data, but there's still holes in in this set of transactions, which really means you have another exchange or another wallet somewhere. I mean, once we have all the wallets and exchanges, that's what we do. But, you know, some people weren't even organized enough to have that. So really staying organized is one of the key things that some of our clients
0: were not. So do you have a checklist for people that they should maybe do to prepare for tax season?
1: Yeah, I mean, we have one that we give to our clients that kind of gets them into our process and our flow. I don't know that I necessarily have one for people prior to that. might be something that we could kind of look into and or provide. But I mean, the bottom line is, it's just kind of know where your coins are. One of the other big things was people that invested in ICOs, you know, having records of those because those scenarios don't necessarily show up on the reports from the exchanges, etc. Or if you're mining and then moving that mined coin into your exchanges, kind of just having a record of everywhere you had coin, generally you're good. Because if they're wallet addresses, it's a public ledger, right? We can pull it down from there. If they're exchanges, there's data extraction possibilities at the exchange level. So, Staying organized and keeping your records straight, that's the biggest thing is just kind of knowing what you have and where.
0: Right on, right on. So when it comes to crypto tax prep and happy tax, I want to give your customer an idea of what to expect. And maybe some things that you did bad last year that you're going to do better this year. What can the customer expect from happy tax?
1: Well, I mean, first of all, we're obsessed with making sure that our customers are well taken care of, that they have the biggest tax savings, that they have the team with the most expertise and the most highly trained team backing them up. What, Things that are kind of moving along is we're doubling the size of our tax department. We've started training significantly earlier than we did last year. We uh, honestly had a little bit more growth than we expected last year. And there were very handful of times when we fell behind on certain things. Everyone got filed on time. We didn't have no issues or challenges with that. You know, from time to time, we were a little overloaded excited to say that because of the growth that we had, we were able to continue reinvesting in new and better technologies for our process and our flow and for expanding the team and the amount of training that we've given to our team. So the obsession with the customer and with making sure that they have the happiest experience, it's our mission statement, you know, to make the tax preparation experience happy one return at a time. We are where we need to be. And we're excited to continue to innovate and to provide that high level of concierge service that really doesn't exist anywhere else. We go above and beyond for our customers in any and every which way we can. I mean, We've done CPA attestation letters for asset values so that they can go and get involved in certain ICOs. I mean, clearly the market's changing and there's less of a need for stuff like that mm-hmm. right now. But, you know, we're here Year round, up until <laughs> as late as we need to be, each and every day, work up until the extension deadline. Uh, we file all the foreign asset reporting requirements that exist for those that have coins and overseas exchanges. Most tax practitioners are not even aware of how that works. So we're just going to continue doing what we're doing and have a great time, and you know have close bonds with our customers and and provide this excellent service.
0: And do you still only focus on U.S. taxes or do you do international taxes?
1: We have clients that are overseas that have to file U.S. taxes. And we also have clients that are overseas that needed us just for the reconciliation process. We don't actually carry the tax software for every jurisdiction, but the reconciliation process is the same for every jurisdiction.
0: I ask this because I have listeners from the UK, Australia, all kinds of different countries. Those are my two second and third biggest listener markets. How do you recommend them to proceed?
1: Well, again, we couldn't at this point in time do their actual tax return. But the reality is what differentiates us is that reconciliation process because it's clunky right now, because the exchanges are all using different data formats, because People are moving, you know, coins to different wallets and different exchanges and buying ICOs, et cetera. We can provide an output file, and we do. This is what we do for, you know, even some US-based clients that really want to stick with their existing service provider, but their existing service provider has no clue on how to get the data ready for the tax return. So we'll do those reconciliations and hand it over in a format that then that provider in their country can pull into their own tax software and help them with that. But we have chosen to specialize in the 70,000 pages of U.S. tax code and not uh, overload our brains with trying to learn every jurisdiction that exists.
0: Right on, right on. Mario, thank you again for coming on Crypto 101. And good luck with this coming tax season and congratulations from going from zero to a hundred in less than a year
1: thanks so much man really appreciate you and your support and we're here for your listeners anything that they need we love the show and we're still big believers in crypto and market will come back
0: awesome man awesome Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Crypto 101. Mario, thank you very much for coming on the show. And everyone else, if you are going to do your taxes this year, go to CryptoTaxPrep.com and use our promo code, Crypto101. That's crypto, no space, 101, all caps as a promo code to get $101 off your crypto tax preparation from Crypto Tax Prep. If you want my commentary of this episode or any other episode, please go to our YouTube page, Crypto 101 with Matthew Aaron for that. And in our next episode, prepare yourself for Tales from the Crypto, where Mr. Mario Naufal, CEO of IBC Consulting, talks about well, kind of some shady business that happened in ICO fundraising back in 2017. And like always, ApogeeCrypto.com, A-P-O-G-E-E Crypto.com, the best place for your real-time prices, CryptoNews.com for your news. And thank you very much to Savan for editing this episode. We'll see you in future episodes of Crypto 101. Save big on
1: Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.